Welcome to the Life Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. Man, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Tim. Man, Live Community Church, how are you guys doing today? Man, I got to tell you, I hope you're doing at least half as good as you're looking because y'all are a good-looking bunch of people. Y'all looking good this morning. Y'all feeling good this morning? Man, come on. Well, uh, like I said, my name is Pastor Johnny, and I have the pleasure of serving as the children's pastor here. Uh, it's just been such a pleasure. For uh, Next week will be a year, so thanks for putting up with me for 12 months now. Um, but before we do anything else, I just want to take a second. Can we just take a moment and honor Pastor Randy and Miss Tina? These two, let me tell you, 40 years of dedication, of serving, and building this church to give each and every one of us a place to call home. So one more time, let's just hear it for them. Yeah. Pastor Mistina, we love you, we honor you, and we thank you right now. All right, now that being said, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to jump in the Word of God. Are you guys excited to jump in the Word of God? Man, I believe that there is power in the Word of God. There is power in the Word of God. And wherever there is something that has power, we can expect something powerful. Where there's power, we can expect something powerful. So as we start this, this message, I just want us to get our expectancy up. Not just be okay if we have an encounter with God, not just welcome an encounter of God, but I want us to expect a word from the Lord today. Do you expect a word from the Lord today? You are here for a reason, and I'm excited to jump into this. If you want to pull your Bible out or your app, you know, I'm, I'm preaching off a tablet myself, I get it. Um, but we're going to be in John chapter 15, if you guys want to pull that up. While you guys get that pulled up, I, I want to start with this. Anybody who has ever been to either a wedding or a funeral, you're probably pretty familiar with either of those events. There are certain things you can, you can expect, you can, you can predict, you just know what you're going to see there. For instance, at a wedding, you're probably going to see a bride, probably going to see a groom, matching tuxedos, uh, probably some very ugly bridesmaids dresses that you're like, thank God I'm not in the wedding party. Uh, so you'll see a lot of things like that. You're just going to see a cake. At a funeral, you can expect to see pictures of the deceased. Uh, you're going to probably see a casket or an urn. There will be lots of tears, and where there are lots of tears, you're going to see lots of of Kleenexes, but there's actually a couple things you can expect to see at both a a wedding and a funeral. For instance, first, uh, at both a wedding and a funeral, you're probably gonna see a pastor, right? Makes sense. But also at a wedding and a funeral, you can expect to see flowers. But at both weddings and funerals, it's almost a guarantee flowers will be involved. Now, some of them will be in bouquets, while other ones might be in, in planters, Right now, the bouquet flowers—they've uh, been cut and arranged, with, probably with other types of flowers that highlight each other's colors and all that—and with much skill put into these arrangements with a lot of care. While the planter ones—they're still in their soil, and they're usually just in like a decorative pot. Or if you want to be like, oh, I have Pinterest, you might put it in like a mason jar. I don't know, but anyway. So, so, <laughs> so uh, they—but they're very different. But not either of them, either of them, helps set the ambiance, the aesthetics for either of those occasions. But if you fast forward it a few weeks later, when the deceased has long been buried and, the, and the, the newlyweds are already back from their honeymoon, if you went back and looked at the flowers from those events, there will be a striking difference between the potted ones and the bouquets. 
See, over time, the bouquet flowers will, of course, have withered and died. But the planter flowers, provided that, you know, they got their water and they got some sunlight, there's no reason to believe that they wouldn't still be alive today. Now, why is that? Why is it that the bouquets died and the potted ones didn't? It happened because the cut flowers were no longer connected to their roots. They were no longer connected to their source of water, food, nourishment. They had been removed from their source of life. Same thing happens with fruit. Think of, a, think of an apple on a tree or a tomato on a vine. They can stay healthy and ripe on that vine or on that tree for quite a while. But the second you pluck them off of that vine, the clock starts ticking. And it will inevitably start to rot and wither if you don't eat it beforehand. So... That's because it's been disconnected from its vine or its branch. But more importantly, bigger picture, if you zoom out, you'll realize it's been disconnected from its roots. And it's got to be connected to its roots. Otherwise, it begins to wither just like the flowers. So uh, as we're jumping in, uh, we're about to open our Bibles here. Uh, I have titled this message, Firmly Rooted. Everybody say, Firmly Rooted. See, I work with your kids, and I have to ask them to repeat things just so I know they're listening. So if you get, have me do that a couple times, that's why. I'm used to the kids. All right, so let's open up to John chapter 15. We're looking at verses 1 through 9. And it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is for the glory of my Father that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As a Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Man, so I'm sure with Pastor Randy's uh, recent uh, uh, series he just finished where he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you're in our life group, we're going through the fruit of the Spirit, which by the way, if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. Coming to church is great, but life doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. So find yourself a circle. Come to our out, start your own. But man, we get, let's get plugged in. Uh, but so we're, we're not going to dissect the fruit of the Spirit. I know we've done that a lot. And I, don't, I, my, I know my name's PJ, but I'm not trying to put you all to sleep. So if, if we've already covered it, we're going we're gonna to move on. But we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit just a little bit. And I think it's clear that in this, Jesus is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, first of all, I, I want to point this out. When we're thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, think about a fruit tree, just one look at a tree and the fruit that's hanging on it, you can tell what type of tree that is. For instance, if it's growing apples, it's a, very good. If it's growing peaches, lemons, coconuts, it's not a coconut tree, that's a palm tree. I just making sure y'all were listening there. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, so uh, in, the, in the same way, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we should bear the same fruit he did. We should, it should be visible to all around us, the way we, we, we talk to our kids, the way we treat our spouse, the way we honor each other, the way we live our life. One look at the fruit we bear, and people should be able to say, that, that's a follower of Christ. 
That is a follower of Christ. All right, so that's a generalization of the, of the cause and effect of the fruit of the Spirit. But just for a short uh, re- review here, what is the fruit of the Spirit? What does it look like to look like Jesus? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Man, those nine things, that, that sure sounds like Jesus to me. And that's why they are the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we are in Christ, two back to me. No, it's clipping it. Oh. Let's hear it for Tim. <laughs> Coming in clutch. All right, um, and that's why these are the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, then we should strive to have the same qualities he did. We should want to bear the same fruit Jesus did. And something else I want to point out real quick before we move on. Neither in John chapter 15 nor in Galatians chapter 5, at no point do either of them say fruits or fruits of the Spirit. It says fruit, fruit of the Spirit, It's not plural, there is no S, it is singular, one fruit. Meaning we don't get to pick and choose which ones we want. It's not like a fruit salad bar, a a fruit of the spirit salad bar, where you can like, nobody likes melon, not touching all, just get some extra strawberries. You can't sit and go, man, I like peace and joy. That's that's for me. Faithfulness, yeah, I can do that. Patience, I don't know. And uh, self-control, absolutely not. That's not how it works, because they're not separate. They are nine parts of one fruit, just like this is five fingers that make up one hand. They lift each other up, they hold each other together, they make each other better while also making each other possible. Because it's hard to love without joy in your heart. And you know it's hard to have joy in your heart without the peace of knowing that God is always with you. And it's hard to have peace without patience uh, knowing that nothing can stop God's plans for you And it's hard to have patience without knowing the kindness, goodness, and faithfulness of the God we serve. And it's hard to have gentleness without self-control, and it's impossible to have self-control without all of the other ones. Like I said, guys, they make each other better while also making each other possible. Being a Christian means being Christ-like. And to do so, we have to bear the same fruit he did. Like we talked about with the, with the flowers and, and the, the, the fruits, here's where we're getting into our, our, the meat of our lesson here. Fruits need roots. Fruits require roots. You can't have fruits without roots, not for very long at least. And the passages we just read echo this. And, they, and, and we need the same thing spiritually. If we want to bear the fruit that Jesus is calling us to in John chapter 15, we must stay firmly rooted in him. If we want his fruits, he needs our roots. Let me say it to you like this. Again, I, I preach to kids a lot, so I do a lot, of, a lot of rhymes. If we want our spirit to be fruited, then in Christ we must be rooted. He tells us these things only come from him. Therefore, we have to be connected to him. We're no different than the fruit on a tree from the moment we're plucked from our connection to Christ. Our fruit begins to fade and wither. You know, uh, over about a a five-month stretch here at the church, starting last summer, uh, we did some major renovation projects, mostly back in Kid City, where uh, my class and the youth meet. And uh, a year ago, if you hadn't seen that room versus today, it is night and day, totally different. It's it's just amazing. Um, Now, that project took about 
uh, five months, and I found out a few things about myself. Number one, I'm far less handy than I thought I was, okay? Uh, I, I did not know half of what I was doing there. Uh, in fact, that, that five-month project probably could have been done in about a week by a trained professional. And it probably could have been done in about a month by a trained monkey, but you had me in Landon, so it took five months. But, you know, it is what it is. Amen. Love you, Landon. But uh, <laughs> I got to use a lot of cool tools. Uh, I got to use things like uh, uh, nail guns, stud finders, and ladies, yes, every husband takes a stud finder and goes, boop, don't worry, works. Yeah, we all do that. Um, anyways, I got to use hand saws, sawzalls, table saws. I got to use uh, reciprocating saws, circular saws, tons of saws. But I also got to use a drill. But not just any drill, my drill. I've got my own drill. Technically, it's an impact driver, but man... I love this drill. It lights up when you press the button. It looks sleek. It's powerful. It's cool. It feels nice and well balanced the weight in your hand. I love this thing. And so much so that anytime someone's like, hey, do you have a drill I can borrow? I was like, no, but I have one you can watch me use. So I can just show them like, look manly, like, oh, I've got this for you, you know? So uh, anyways, uh, I, I love this, this drill. It's fun to use. Uh, but the funny part is, like I said, I'm not that handy. I don't do that many handy projects around the house. I put together an Ikea dresser and then I set it down. That's it. So I, it never fails when I do go to use it because I don't use it very often. I get about five to 10 screws in and it dies because I haven't, I don't leave it on the charger because I don't use it that often. Um, and that would happen here during our, our renovation project because Landon and I, uh, you know, we were kind of scatterbrained and I mean, I still am, but uh, we forget to charge our drills. And then when the next day came, we would go to use them and they would be dead. And you might think, cool, while my drill is charging, I get to take a little break. Pastor Randy would tell you, no, there's still work to be done. So while you are waiting for your drill to charge, you gotta use this thing. What is this? Look at this ugly thing. It's clunky, it, it, all, the weight's all at the front. It's got this stupid cord that, that just dangles and looks dumb and gets in the way. I don't, I don't wanna use this thing, I wanna use my drill. My drill's way cooler. But here's the thing about these two drills. My drill, because it relies on its own power, it always inevitably runs out. And usually right when you need it and you're counting on it the most, and then you have to plug it back into its charger and let it charge again. But the thing is, no matter how many times you charge it, it's going to run out again. But you know the thing about this drill? Do you know that this drill never stops working? Do you know why this drill never stops working? Because when you use this drill, it is plugged in to a source of power. It is plugged directly in to an endless source of power, which means when I go to use this thing, it will never stop working. It'll never let me down. It'll never fall apart. Oh, it might, it's kind of cheap. But this thing, every time I squeeze this trigger, it is going to work because it's plugged into a source of power. And the only way, one of these plugs right here, the only way that runs out of power is if someone forgets to pay the bill. But we don't have to worry about that with the source of power I'm talking about because ladies and gentlemen, Jesus paid that bill in full 2,000 years ago. Somebody give the Lord some praise. So listen, I want us to think about these two drills. As we prepare to head back into our week, starting our week, tomorrow being Monday, I want us to remember these two drills. And let's not be like my drill that plugs into a source of power, 
just long enough to once again feel like you got it on your own and then to run off into your life and do good for a while only to find yourself fading. Instead, as we walk into, uh, through our lives, let's stay plugged into God, our endless source of power, firmly planting our roots so we can bear his fruits. Did you know we're not called to study the fruit of the Spirit? We're not even called to understand the fruit of the Spirit. We are called to bear the fruit of the Spirit. But to do so, we have to be rooted in Christ. We must be plugged into Jesus, connected to the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you guys, but for me to love everyone around me, I need Jesus. To have joy in all circumstances, I need Jesus. To be patient, I, I teach y'all's kids, you know I need Jesus, all right? <laughs> to show kindness to everyone, I need Jesus. To bear goodness and faithfulness, I need Jesus. To extend gentleness to everyone around me, I need Jesus. And for self-control, you know I need Jesus. Like verses four and five said, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and I will remain in you and you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, a lot of things can cause a disconnect between you and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's a hurt, a trauma, a loss, some, some big negative life event. The, all these things can uproot you from your connection to Christ. But you know, it's not always actually something bad that causes that disconnect. Sometimes it's actually a great moment can cause that, believe it or not. In fact, that happened to Lori and I a couple years ago. So as, as many of you know, uh, I love talking about it. I just love talking, obviously. Um, but uh, I love talking about it, but Lori and I, we're, we're, we're foster parents, we're hopeful, adoptive parents. And uh, a couple years ago, we had been praying and praying and praying for the Lord to bring us a, a, li a little girl, a daughter, and by his mercy, he did. He brought us this adorable two-day-old baby girl. Now, she had been drug exposed in the womb, so uh, she was dealing with, with withdrawals at birth. So um, if you've had a baby, you understand babies don't sleep a lot. And let me tell you, Babies going through withdrawals sleep even less. They, they, no, nobody in our household was getting any sleep. But as I said, God answered our prayer, and he brought us this baby. Now, uh, we're, we're, we're getting used to taking care of a newborn. I don't know about y'all, but the first time I had a newborn in my house, I was like, they trusted us with this? That's, that sounds really irresponsible of them, that we don't know what we're doing at all. But uh, so we have this baby, and we're getting used to, to taking care of her and this new flow and balance in our life, and, uh, you know, we're not getting a lot of sleep. Uh, so we find ourselves with this new busy life and, and this baby where we were not really spending any time in prayer, and we weren't really spending any time in our Bible. So here we are. A great thing happened in our life, but it still caused that disconnect. Something else I want to point out, you know what's funny is sometimes, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes... We've, I think we pray and we pray and we pray and we beg God to answer our prayer. And the moment he does, we stop praying. We just go radio silent. Cool, thanks God, I'm good now. Until next time we need something. That's a, that's a different message for another time, but I know it happened to me. Anyways, um, like I said, it doesn't have to be something big or hurtful to cause this disconnect. Sometimes it's, it's just life. And other times, it can actually be an answered prayer. So here we are, life is great, but I'm disconnected. And this is about four or five weeks in to having that sweet little baby. And uh, 
uh, I find myself in the gym, and if you know that, uh, if you're a parent, you know, if you've had a five-week-old baby you haven't slept for, five weeks, right, so I'm pretty tired, and yes, I do see the irony that I didn't have time to be in the Bible or in prayer, but I had time to go to the gym, I listen, you don't need to point it out, I get it, I'm being vulnerable here, but yes, I did find time to go to the gym, and I love working out, but one thing that will upset anybody in a gym is bad gym etiquette. Number one, don't leave your weights sitting everywhere. So I get to the gym, and there's this, just this pile of weights. There's 50, 55s, uh, 60s, and this dude on the bench, he's hitting with some 65s. I'm like, all right, I get you. You're doing a pyramid set, but like, you just don't drop them. So he finishes his set, grabs his little backpack, grabs his phone, starts texting, and leaves the weight sitting there, and he goes to another bench. And I'm like, listen, sometimes you find yourself saying, oh, next time I'm going to do this. And you don't do whatever that was because you're, you realize that you're not actually a horrible person and you're like, oh yeah, I'll, ju- I'll just be a normal person, leave it alone. Uh, well, I had always said like, oh, next time someone leaves their weights around, I'm gonna bring them to them. Well, on this day, I was kind of a horrible person. So he goes to a bench down there and I grab the 65s, I walk over to the new bench he's on, I drop them next to him and I walk off like, man, I showed him, man. And I go back, I'm doing my, my lap raises and I'm like, wait till he notices them, wait till he notices them. He'll be like, oh man. That guy showed me. So he finishes his set, grabs his backpack, grabs his phone, starts texting, and leaves them sitting there too, right where I brought them to him. Man, so now I'm super annoyed, and uh, I have two options. Let it go, but I'm not Elsa, so um, I took option two, which was double down. And I watched him go up two flights of stairs to where the cardio equipment was, and I went and I grabbed these 65-pound dumbbells, walked up two flights of stairs carrying them, found the treadmill he was on, sat them in front of him, and stared at him. Eventually, he took his headphones out. He said, can I help you? I said, well, you keep leaving these weights all over the place. I figured you weren't done with them. I brought them to you. You're welcome. And I walked off. Yeah, I know. It was a bad day for me. So I go back to my stuff that I left irresponsibly just in the middle of the gym that could have been stolen. And I'm working out, and I'm like, now I showed him. I walked over there like Conor McGregor, you know. So I'm in the, uh, you know, staring in the mirror, and I see him coming down the stairs, and his head is on a swivel, and he's looking for me. Now, listen, I'm not a small guy. This guy was big. And when I tell you big, I mean like if he had a yellow belt and a martial arts I didn't know, I was about to get knocked out. He was a big boy. And he spots me, and man, he beelines straight to me. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how hard I'm about to get punched, but I know I'm not going to lose my AirPods. So I put them in my pocket so I won't get knocked down. <laughs> so he's walking over to me, and he, we get about earshot, and I just turned around. And I said, hey, man, can I help you? And I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt with that next step, he was going to lift his hand up like this. And I was right, except with that next step, he lifted his hand up like this, I I froze, and I was like, uh, is this what it feels like to be knocked out? Did I get punched? (laughs) So I paused for a second, and he said, hey, man, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I was like, what? And he goes, you know what? I I left those 65-pound weights there, and then I realized that when I got there, there was that big pile uh, sitting there, and you probably thought I left those too, and you you probably thought I was just being a big jerk, but if we had a misunderstanding, I just wanted to apologize. And I reached out, and I shook his hand. I was like, um... Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I, did, I, I shouldn't have come at you like that was a pretty jerk thing to do. And he's like, hey, man, it's all right. We all have bad days. I just love coming to this gym, and I only want friends in the gym. I don't want any enemies in the gym. So I just wanted to say I'm sorry. You didn't actually do anything wrong. I was a jerk. And I said, man, <laughs> I was like, man, I, 
listen, I said, I'm sorry, I've got this new baby at home, I haven't slept in forever, but I shouldn't come at you like that. And he said, don't worry about it, man, uh, we all have bad days. So anyways, uh, I called two of my friends, uh, one of them sit right here, and I told him the story, and man, he lit me up. He called me a fool, he's like, you made such a fool of yourself, you're lucky that dude didn't knock you out, I can't believe you did that, you're such a jerk, and we all laughed about it, I called another friend, told him the story. I'm leaving the gym, and I decide I should really give this guy a heartfelt apology. So I go upstairs, he's still on the treadmill, I said, hey man, I, listen, I just needed to fully apologize to you. Uh, it's not an excuse. In fact, I don't have an excuse. I work in ministry. I really shouldn't have approached you like that. I thought you were being a jerk, and it turns out you're just the nicest guy. And he presses stop, gets off the treadmill, gives me a hug, and says, hey, man, we all need grace sometimes. And I was like, oh. And I said, well, in a strange way, I'm kind of glad this happened because I got a chance to meet you and a chance to talk to you, and you're, you're just such a nice guy. He goes, I'm really glad it happened because now we're going to talk again. Every time I see you, we're going to talk. We, get, we got a new gym friend. And I was like, all right, man, you mind if I carry these back downstairs for you? And he said, dude, that would be great. Now, let me tell you, <laughs> those weights were way heavier on the way down than on the way up. Because on the way up, I was full of adrenaline. On the way down, I was full of shame. But they were heavy. So I get to work. I always work out on my lunch break. I get to work. I was managing apartment buildings at the time. And I, I, my boss asked how my, my workout was. And I told her the story, just like I told you all, exact, exactly step by step. But instead of like Ron and Bam, who made fun of me for it, at the end of the story, Christy had this big smile on her face. And when I wrap it up, she goes, aw, I love that story. I said, Christy, I don't think you were listening. This is not a good story. I was a jerk. I made a fool out of myself. I mean, it was embarrassing. Like, that, that, this is not a good story. I, and she goes, yeah. But he showed you Jesus. Yeah. Guys, I had been uprooted from my connection to God. And because of that, my fruit had faded. I was not bearing good fruit because I had tried to been doing this new thing in life on my own power and forgetting to stay plugged into God and therefore it solely faded. I showed that man the world. I showed him anger, judgment, uh, harshness, condemnation, aggression, and zero patience. And that man showed me love, peace, patience, kindness. He showed me gentleness and a lot of self-control. In a word, that man showed me, he showed me Jesus. He showed me Jesus by doing, yeah, by doing nothing else but simply bearing the fruit. That's all he did. Matthew chapter seven says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Man, I wanna be recognized for bearing the same fruit Jesus does, but to do so, we've gotta stay rooted in him. So today, we're gonna to close with four ways to stay connected to the Holy Spirit, plugged in, rooted to Christ. Now, these aren't deep, complicated, theological uh, uh, concepts or anything. These are plain and simple. This is Christianity 101. But sometimes we gotta bring it back to the basics. All right, number one, we gotta pray. Everybody say, pray. pray. We gotta pray. It's simple. It's just how we talk to God. Every, uh, and, and, and conversation is the foundation of every relationship you have. And every relationship you have started with a conversation. And every relationship you have is maintained by conversation. Imagine how, how connected you would be to your spouse or your kids if you stopped talking to them. That relationship, would, that connection would probably start to fade pretty quickly. So if we wanna be connected to God, then we have to talk to him. And we do that through prayer. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be 
constant in prayer, not in prayer a lot, not prayer sometimes. He, it says be constant in prayer. And First Thessalonians says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Guys, we gotta build a habit of prayer. And if, if, if it doesn't come natural to you, then just start with something small. If you don't pray before every meal, just a little, Lord, thank you for this meal, thank you for this day, just start there. Just pray before you eat. Start that. Or go into your iPhone, or your droid. I'm looking at you, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but go into your, uh, your iPhone, go into your, your phone, and change the name of your alarm in the morning. To not just wake up, but wake up and pray. Just say, Lord, thank you for waking me up. Take care of me as I, get, as I head, head into work. Just start small, but we've got to pray. Do whatever it takes to build a habit of spending time in prayer. And next, don't be intimidated by prayer. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, that guy's a really, he's really good at praying. And like, I don't really know how to pray. You don't know how to pray? It's just, you're just talking to God. If you see your friend Daryl, you don't go, oh, here's Daryl. Do I ask him about fishing? Do I ask him about his kids, his truck? I'll go with truck. Hey, Daryl, how's your truck? You, know, you don't think about it. You just say, hey, Daryl, and you start a conversation. It's no different with God. It's just talking, so just talk to God. Number two, we've got to read his word. We've got to spend time in the Bible. If prayer is how we talk to God, then reading our Bible is how God talks to us. If we want to know him, be close to him, connected to him, we've got to read our Bible, it keeps it from being a one-sided conversation. If all we do is pray, he knows what we want, he knows what we're asking for because we're telling it to him, but we don't know what he wants from us unless we read his word. The Bible is a word of God, and as we said at the beginning of this uh, today, we said the there is power in the word of God. How much power is there in the word of God? He literally spoke you, me, the earth, the entire cosmos into existence with his word. That's how powerful his word is. That, that much power, that's the power we have access to in our hands anytime we want. The Bible's our roadmap through life, through our marriage, through raising kids. It is our source of hope and encouragement, and it is a means to better understand and know our creator. Hebrews chapter four says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of the soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thought and intentions of the heart. Why would we deny ourselves access to something that powerful? It's right there for us to have. So to be rooted, we have to spend time in the word of God. Number three, we've got to worship God. We have to worship him. Well, I think we often think of, of, of worship as being the, the, the songs we sing at church before uh, the pastor comes up or maybe while, it's, while you're putting the cream in your coffee. Um, but worshiping God, and, and don't get me wrong, wor singing God's praises is an incredible way to praise him. But that isn't just it. Worship isn't just singing. Uh, worship, when you really come down to it, is giving your full attention, just your full undivided attention to the Lord. And we can do that countless ways. We can do it in quiet time with the Lord. We can do it studying our Bible. We can do it singing his praises. We can do it in prayer. 
We can do it countless places. You can do it here. You can do it at home. You can do it in your car. You can do it at your, at your desk, in your office. You can do it anywhere, giving him your full attention and just opening the floodgates of your heart, worshiping his mighty name. And remember that we worship him for who he is and not what he does. I once heard someone say, worship is worth expressed. So you're just giving God your attention and expressing to him, Lord, you are worthy, you are holy, you are a mighty God, amen. The book of Matthew, this, I find this interesting. In the book of Matthew, it says that if we remain silent, the rocks will sing his praises. I don't know about you, but I never wanna get out worshiped by a rock, okay? So worship the Lord. Number four, we've gotta be in fellowship. This means go to church. We do have to go to church. We have to be in community, and this means going to church, joining a life group, starting a life group. Join a life group, guys. Get in a circle. Find some people. Do life with them. I know uh, there are a lot of people who say, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You're right. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian, but you do need to go to church to be a growing, healthy Christian. Church is where we find encouragement. It's also where we find in, uh, accountability. A place to do life with like-minded people. A place to practice bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And a place to serve. You know, I've always loved that in Genesis uh, chapter 1, you see God create this, and he looked at it and said it was good. Then he creates this, and he looked at it and said it was good. And we see this happen over and over. Do you know the first thing God created, looked at, and said, you know, that's not good. It's when he saw Adam alone in the garden and he said it is not good for man to be alone. We were designed for relationship. We need fellowship, community. Guys, that's it. Those are our four things. To bear the fruit of the spirit, we must stay rooted. We must stay plugged in. And to do so, we've gotta pray. We've gotta read our Bible. We've gotta worship the mighty name of Jesus and we have to come together in his name. So I want us to ask God to open our hearts and, and prune us where we need to be pruned, adjust us to help us grow and bloom so we can bear his fruit so that when our coworkers, when our friends, our family, our neighbors, even strangers, but most importantly, when our kids look at us, they see a little bit of Jesus. Just like me and that guy in the gym, guys, every day, we've got two options, every moment of every day. We can either show the people around us, the world, or we can show them Jesus. Let's show them Jesus. Because the world needs a lot more Jesus. But to do so, we have to bear his fruit, and to bear his fruit, we've gotta be rooted in him. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're, you, you're thinking, I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know what it's like to be plugged into this endless source of power because I, I don't know this Jesus guy you're talking about. Or maybe you have a strange relationship with God. Maybe you've run away. Maybe you feel like your sin is too far gone that Jesus doesn't, doesn't have enough grace for you. Salvation, the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus is always waiting for you. You cannot outrun his grace. 
You can't outsend his grace. If you want it, it is there for the taking in Jesus' name. And you don't have to feel like you have to get right before you give your life to Jesus. Do you, do you get clean before you take a shower? No, no. Start with Jesus. Salvation is a gift. It is grace and it is Christ's work on the cross alone by which we are saved. He lived a perfect life I can never live. He died a sinner's death so that I don't have to. And in doing so, he made a path to heaven and eternal life in the presence of God. Guys, but it was all Jesus. He did all the work. Let me, let me say it like this. Do you know that we contribute absolutely nothing to our salvation other than the sin that made it necessary? So guys, maybe, maybe the, the day today is, this is a day for you. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe it's time for you to come back and give your life to him again. And if today's the day, what, what better place than here? What better time than now? So we're gonna bow our heads and, and, and I, I, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And listen, this isn't a Harry Potter spell where you say these words exactly like this and something happens. Man, but if you just haven't found the words, you can say something like this, you can say it in your own words. But my Bible tells me if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that's just what we're gonna express right now. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough to send your son. Lord, thank you for the grace and salvation that came along with it. Thank you for loving me enough to give me a path to being with you. Lord, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross and he rose on the third day and that he is in heaven with you right now and that he's coming back again. Lord, when he comes back, I wanna be ready. I wanna know him. I wanna be, be there when it happens. I wanna meet him face to face. So in this moment, Lord, I give my life to you. I, I transfer trust to you because Lord, your way is better. Lord, change me from the inside out and just draw me closer to you every day. It's in your son's mighty name. And we'll keep our head bowed for just a second. I know we don't do invitations here every week, but I just want to give everyone a, an opportunity to respond. If that's, if that's you today, I'm just going to count to three. Nobody's looking. I'm looking, but just me. I'm going to count to three. And if that was you, feel free to raise your hand. I'd love to come chat with you. We have plenty of people who can, me, Tim. So on the count of three, if that's you today, one, two, so mighty. You are so holy. Thank you for this group of people. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the opportunity to come in to your presence. Lord, where you are, anything is possible. Lord, go before us in the week to come. And we just thank you for your son, for salvation, and for fellowship. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we say all of this in your name. And everybody said... Amen. Thank you all so much. Tim's coming up. All right. Wasn't that great? Awesome. Let's stand, let's stand and just give him a hand. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for being faithful and delivering the word today. I know it's hard. It's hard to do this. I've done it a lot of times. It is, it's hard. It's nerve-wracking. And it's a, it's a, it's, but it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be used. And thank you, Johnny, for coming here and being used this Sunday. We, we love you. We love what you're doing with our kids. Thank you so much. And uh, Randy and Tina, they send their love. And 
I just want to say, love you guys. You're dismissed. Let's, let's pray real quick. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us this week as we try to stay and we strive to stay rooted in you, Lord. Help us to hold on to you, God. And everything that we do, help us to hold on to you. Help us to know that you're, you're our helper in everything, God. And we don't have to be far from you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.